Dive into The Divider, Trump in the White House, 2017 through 2021. Go inside the Trump Oval Office, from the chaotic beginnings to the violent finale, with unprecedented access to cabinet officers, top advisors, family members, and Trump himself. New York Times bestselling authors Peter Baker and Susan Glasser offer a riveting must-read portrait of America's 45th president. The Divider is in stores now. Brooklyn is everything. Home to icons, bar raisers, and startups who are just getting started. And for all who live here, home to great health care. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital with doctors from Weill Cornell Medicine, a new center for community health, and endless empathy for everyone. Stay Brooklyn. Stay amazing. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, August 2nd, 7.34 a.m. Mountain Time. Means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning Broncos shows from the other end of the country, Mm -hmm. Scott Kennedy. Scott, good later uh, morning to you. (laughs) Still morning, 9.30, 9.30 out in Atlanta, Um, but it's good. We got coast-to-coast Broncos coverage, you know, in the morning. You're not... Not going to miss with uh, with the night owls like uh, Zach and Chad and West Coast and then East Coast. We, we're pretty much got you covered. And then, hell, we're across the pond, too, with Keith. So 24 hours, Broncos coverage. And we're going to have breakfast Heck this yeah. morning. Had breakfast. No, I have not had breakfast yet. Uh, this is my Broncos for breakfast. But coffee in hand, so hopefully I'm feeling pretty good. I just got done with a uh, 18, 20-ish mile backpacking trip this weekend. It was pretty fun, but it was hot and buggy. Um, but uh, I survived, so... Can't complain there. Did I forget to click those in, Scott? Oh my god. You goodness. did, but that's why I'm here. Good. good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still welcome a... into our Facebook group. Uh sorry we brought you in just a shade late. Yeah. About 10, 60 seconds late. But uh, good to see everyone in here. And starting us off, man, great. Uh EJ coming in with the 499 super over on YouTube with the background picture of Colorado with the mountains off in the distance. Uh saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Thank you for all you do for Broncos country. Thank you, EJ. Uh, he says, wanted to show you my appreciation on my birthday. Love you all. Happy birthday, e- uh, EJ. We appreciate you. Uh, let us know what your plans are. Um, what's going on? You know, Hopefully you get some good Broncos gear uh, for uh, your birthday. Um, I know that there are f- a few things. Obviously, behind me, I could use a few Broncos uh, paraphernalia, such a thing. I got all my, my baseball hat collection, but uh, not really a lot of good uh, Broncos uh gear and uh, speaking about that how about this for a giveaway a signed javante williams helmet we welcome pristine auction as a sponsor to our podcast PristineAuction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site i better check it out uh with an a plus bbb rating auctions on pristine.com auctions on pristineauction.com start at just one dollar and each day there are over 1,000 autographed items available so you win signed authentic signatures at affordable prices just last week in an autographed justin herbert jersey sold for just 110 dollars man i i might have gotten in on that uh, deals like this are happening all the time on pristineauction.com and they have just about every player you want including tom brady patrick mahomes and some of your favorite broncos Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a cert- certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use code HUDDLE when you sign up. Again, pristineauction.com, 
by using the code huddle and get $10 off your first item one. And that's not all. In addition to the $10 off your first item, we are giving away a signed Javante Williams helmet to one lucky listener. Could be you, EJ. Happy birthday. Good vibes there. Uh, who are signs up using the code huddle. Here's a chance to win. All you need to do is sign up on the website using our registration code huddled to be entered. Uh, links are in the description. Yep. Yesterday, the uh, everybody started kind of flocking to that and getting registered. And as you choose the pull down menu, it says, how did you hear about us? Make sure you choose, uh, you know, huddle, mile huddle. I think it is. I haven't registered yet. Shame on me. I'll get to yeah, that, too. Uh, I dropped the link in the description. Um, it is very good. Uh, a very nice product here that we support and help support the folks that help support our show. We, uh, we, we love you for it. Broncos country. That is a really good looking helmet. I would like the Broncos to go back to that helmet full time. Um, I like that little lighter blue. The, the logo is better. I'm sorry, guys, the new the current uniform, at least they went to orange, but uh, not doing it for me. But man, that is a, See, that is a good looking, good looking helmet. And man, Javante Williams is one that you probably want to get. You don't have kids, so you might not get the reference, uh, but the Crudes movie, you know, their, their I'm mantra was yeah. anything new is bad. Uh, I'm not quite there, but I don't feel like the designs have gotten better through the years for the most part. Every once in a while you'll see like, oh, that's a pretty cool. Um, I can't pull off the word dope like like Chad can. So I'm going to have to stay with cool. Um, that's a pretty it, cool. It like you're talking about but the, 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 older, <laughs> the older ones, there were just more, not authentic, but they were more differentiation between the, the between them it's like now you turn on it's like wait a minute is that 49ers or the buccaneers or you know is that is that the chiefs or the cardinals um i can't you know they there's just not a lot you can tell between of them these days and there's no mistake in that that denver broncos helmet right yeah. there that's for sure yeah some people when they have the old some of the looks or the updated looks People put out there like, oh, they just look like the Gators. Yeah, you want to go with that little lighter blue. Uh, distinguished from the Gators there. Uh, Dale Fleming, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. I am very glad to be back. Sorry I was having a tough time, but I'm doing better now. So I am back. And we're going to talk actually a little bit of a mental health uh, today clip. So uh, we'll get into that. But Dale, glad to hear you doing better. Um, like I've always said on here, man, I I guess I'm not able to <laughs> uh, reach back out to you when I'm in the back country, you know, without service, with just my little satellite communicator. But uh you know, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. You just need somebody to talk to. Ben and Ear, um, we're here. I mean, we really are. Uh, Scott's probably a little less available than I am with a family. But uh, again, um, seriously, reach out if you're doing better. Or if I'm you're not hard to find if you need me, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, you, you see how quickly I respond to things. That's true. Yep, that's true. Um, so seriously, uh, Dale Fleming, I'll say, and by the way, click the like button. I did. We got William Hansen, Go Broncos, You Better Believe It, <laughs> saying good evening, Nick and Scott. I don't recognize that name, but I love it. Um, good to see you. Dave Glassman coming in with the hearts. We appreciate you, Dave. Hope you're doing well. Happy birthday to EJ again. See you coming in here. And uh, Jeremy coming in saying, good morning, boys. Let's pray for no injuries, the full pads today. Knock on wood, whatever football gods or whatever juju that you have out there, we're about it. Um, Kwan Williams had a scare on his knee uh, last week. And I'm just still catching up, guys. I was gone for you know, two and a half days. But uh, Kwan Williams had a scare on his knee. Had the MRI on it, did not show uh, any significant damage. So that's good news. Um, I guess luckily for the Broncos, it does seem like Michael Jamudi and Demario Mathis have been okay um, showing up there. So the Broncos do have some young uh, depth that we might see get tested at some point. But Quan Williams should be okay. But you're right. First padded practice, exciting, but also terrifying. 
um, for sure. Uh, we also have Mike Gibbons in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Go Broncos. Good to see you. Another name I don't recognize uh, saying Dallas Kelly. Uh, welcome in Dallas. Love the always new first time listeners coming in. And if you guys haven't done so yet, make sure you click the thumbs up and like the show on the way in. We, we would really appreciate it. Says, uh, can't wait for the first game of the season. I'll be there with my Jerry Judy collected 12th man tears. <laughs> Jerry <laughs> Judy Jersey collecting 12th man tears. That's uh, maybe you can win one on pristineauction.com. Uh, a different one, but uh, absolutely. So, Scott, how are you feeling about that week one matchup? Uh, we're still a ways out. Um, obviously, it's a little over a month, a month and uh, 10 days. Uh, but uh, where are we at right now? I mean, I got to say, by the day, based on what I'm hearing out of Seattle, feeling pretty good because uh, the Seattle Seahawks quarterback competition is n- not going great. I'm going to I'm going to tie this into uh, Miguel's comment here where he says, good morning, fellas, are full pads going into are the full pads going to tell us how far the Broncos offense really is? So how far along, how good they are? Um, and I'm going to say no, it, it, it won't. Um, you won't know how far along the Broncos offense is until week three or four of the season, uh, maybe even a little farther. You can the again, we, we talk about it all the time, but when you're going against your own okay is Bradley Chubb awesome because who he's blocking is bad or is Bradley Chubb awesome because Bradley Chubb's awesome is the often now you got a pretty good idea that the Denver Broncos defense especially their defensive secondary is really good but what are they allowed to do you know they may be being pulled back they may be being held back because the offense needs to get some continuity so you you can't really tell what you've got until you line up against other teams and and turn it loose. And that doesn't even count in preseason. Um, now, if guys are missing wide open passes and you know dropping balls and you know they just look bad, you can tell that. But you don't want to take too much away from how good someone might look during training camp. Uh, spring sensations, spring king of spring. Those are the things that that get thrown around. Uh, talking about who looks good in, until the the pads come on against an opponent, you get a better idea when the other team comes in and you have some mixed practices. Those get pretty feisty because guys are fighting for jobs. But again, it's still a lot of uh, it's a lot of install. A lot of let's not get people hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see if we can glorified walkthroughs. Isn't you know that's that's oversimplifying it, but no. You won't know what you've got until quarter, third, midway through the season, and then then you should have a pretty good idea. Yeah, I'll I'll push back slightly, but it's just to add nuance. I mean, everything is ramping up in training camp, but also the quality of the information that we're gathering here. So going from no pads training camp uh, to pads training camp, more like the actual game, we'll get a better idea of what's going on. I, I always say it's a zero something right now because if you, like you mentioned, if your guys are doing good, it means also your guys are doing bad because you're going up against your own teammates. Uh, but going from no pads to pads, we'll get a little bit more information. And then going from the Broncos going against each other in pads to the combined practice against the Cowboys, we'll get even more information on that one. And then we'll have preseason games. That's better quality information. And finally, you're stacking games, real life right. games. And uh, we'll really get an idea. So I agree with you, but just it's, so far, we're, we're still like, you know, freaking out about everything we have right now because it's the news cycle, but it's going to be better information the more we go. And I think I'm really excited to see uh, defensive line and run game. Those are things that we're not really getting information on so far. More important, everybody stays healthy. But even with the install, if there's like, let's say Javante Williams is not getting past the line of scrimmage at all because the offensive line is not getting any uh, lateral movement uh, and then a horizontal or excuse me, horizontal movement. And then uh, Williams is struggling finding the hole, even if that's early. Red flags, uh, big red flags for the install. So uh, things to check out here. Gary Leeds Palmer coming in. Thank you so much, Gary, for the support and the stars. Happy uh, Tuesday to you. 
saying, uh, good morning, Nick and Scott. It feels like I haven't seen Broncos for breakfast in ages. Well, we're just your Thursday. Haven't, haven't, uh, haven't been away. Maybe you've been gone. What's going on, Gary? Hope you're okay. Uh, missed you guys. Go Broncos. Let's ride. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for the stars and always the support. And you know what? It feels a little bit like that too, for me, because we do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um and i'm behind the scenes but it's like that's four days off and three days on uh Mm -hmm. but next monday is the final monday we won't be live so this it was yesterday only one more monday without broncos for breakfast and then we'll go back to uh monday tuesday thursday because we've got games to break down after just one more monday off so uh very excited and and no you're right i was i was uh on the last question was answering the final one you know yeah, will yeah. we know no we won't we, we we won't know will we have a better idea yeah we'll get a better idea as we go along every step of the way is another evaluation process and nick i think you can get a better idea about the individual in these settings than as far as the team um you know i can i can i can isolate guys and i can see things like okay how is this offensive lineman doing but you don't really know how the team especially offense is going to come together until you're going against somebody that is doing their damnedest full speed with you know yep. their 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 record on the line to stop you and you don't know for sure what you've got on offense until until that happens and that won't happen until the regular season yeah yeah and also in training camp when you start to know your other guys tendencies so you can pick on them a little bit and how you are winning sometimes or out there practicing and in theory you should be working on your own technique versus trying to take advantage of lapses in the other guys techniques. So you might be working on something weak. It's just, it's not always a one for one um, for how the season's going to play out, but the quality of information keeps ramping up the closer we get to the season. So mm-hmm. excited for that. As long as everyone can stay healthy, us Dave in the house saying made it morning Broncos maniacs. Good to see you. Mandango Dan also saying you're up. Yes, we are up. Uh, good morning, gents. Good to see you. Steven Bumgartner. Good morning, Broncos country. Let's ride. Steven, I want to hear what your thoughts are on the uh, Seattle quarterback training camp battle over there. Is it another? Right, you asked board? me that and I kind of blew it off. Uh, yeah. I kind of, we got of got into, you know, what do you know? What I know, and I mentioned, it's easier to tell if someone is struggling, you can learn more about the individuals and then try and come up with the sum of the parts. And right now I think this, the, the individuals on Seattle aren't as good as the individuals at Denver. Yeah. Um, they're in a similar situation with a new quarterback. So it's not like they've got a continuity there. Um, you know, Geno Smith has played some, but it's not Russell Wilson. So you've got a, a downgrade there and they're, they're in a rebuild. You know, they're not on a full on rebuild yet, but they, they are, they're in a rebuild. So uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about the Broncos going in and, and beating Seattle. That was, that one should be four and a half to five and a half easy on the, uh, on on the uh, and Nick's going to look it up real quick, but I would think you know Broncos by seven would be pretty pretty safe. Uh, good morning, Stephen, and you know who else we say good morning to. Good morning, Tabitha. Thank you so much for the stars. Uh, appreciate you coming in and supporting the show. Big stars too. So a thousand stars coming in. Um, can't say thank you enough. We wouldn't be here without you. So uh, appreciate it. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, throw them in there. Well, we've got enough. We, we not that we don't mind the silent, but I feel a little guilty sometimes when uh when when you're when you're not asking any questions it's just you know yeah. thanks yeah we appreciate you <laughs> um so the uh the odds are a little bit different um across the board um uh, the low the lowest odds i'm seeing for that broncos week one game are from open i don't know what that odds agency is but they're broncos negative four um and the highest is the broncos at uh 
negative favored by 5.5 um four and a half to five and a half sounds about right to me yep. so yep. i would i would i i don't like betting on teams that i have an emotional interest in um in this case my emotional connection is with you broncos country because it skews your robotic logical ability that i have with most other teams but this feels like a team that should win by seven it, it does yeah Yep, 100%. Um, more people coming in. Mark, my guy, Mark, coming in. Mark, I always, I love Mark's uh, Facebook. He's uh, always posting some awesome pictures of uh, landscapes and whatnot. You know, that gets me. Um, so I uh, appreciate you, Mark, coming in. He also said, good morning, Nick and Scott up ahead. So uh, thank you yep. so much for the support, Mark. We appreciate you. Hope you have had a good weekend and uh, getting excited for Broncos football. Also, hopefully it's uh, cooling off down there in Texas. It's a nice and toasty uh, upper 50s this morning in Seattle. We made it through the heat wave. Thank God. My dog is really happy about that. <laughs> and uh, Lauren's talking about autographs saying, can we talk about adults pushing over children for autographs? Yeah. I mean, just uh, not some great situational awareness. You know, that's a, uh, I would not be about that, but also I don't know what that adult's been through. Maybe they were deprived as a child and uh, you know, we're not taken to camp or whatever. And this autograph is going to make or break uh, their, you know, unfortunately most of those folks are using it as a method of uh, income and are turning around and selling it. Um, you know, the oh, ones that are there for them usually have their kids out in front of them. Yep. Um, it's not always like that, but a lot of times if you see somebody that's that desperate, it's a job. Yep. It is a job to them. Bummer. But uh, Scott, Scott with realism here. So maybe uh, crashing me down. Maybe we need that. Maybe I'm having too much Broncos Kool-Aid this year. Uh, Brad D saying, good morning from Broncos country from Montana. Good to see you. Jay Roper. Always good to see Jay. Good morning to you. Um, he's saying, I'm finally I'm back to watching the live shows rather than watching after the fact. It's always good to have you in the comment section, Jay. We appreciate you. Scott was pulling one up there. Yeah, um, Lawrence so. comes and he says, will they be using the pads on the helmets? Uh, the Guardian helmets, I think they're called. I think that's that's mandatory for everybody right yep, now. It's an so, NFL um, thing. I'm not sure when they're allowed to take them off, but those are mandated by the yep. NFL. So everybody's everybody's using them. I don't know for how long. Um, it makes sense. You know, most of the hitting you're going to do is going to be, you know, and I saw the question. It's like, well, if they use them in practice, why not use them in games? I'm like, oh, you kind of got a point there. Yeah. Um, but again, if you're limiting the blows to the head by 75% because you're, you're not using them in practice when, you know, I know some of the biggest hits I ever saw were in practice, uh, you know, teammate on teammate. And, you know, if you're limiting that, then you're taking a lot of the risk out of, uh, a lot of it. You can't mitigate the risk completely. Obviously this is still tackle football for now. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Lawrence. We appreciate you. A few more guys want to say hello to CJ Morris. Hello from Broncos training camp. Well, if you're there, give us the status report. No, we'll have a uh, Luke on tonight with, uh, Carl and I to talk about first padded practice. So that'll be great to see chase. I was saying today's the day we truly see how the trenches are just hoping for no injuries. Honestly, um, I'm expecting the defensive line, uh, the edges. I don't know. Honestly, actually, I don't know what to expect. So the, the, the trenches on both sides of the ball outside of just how good Russell Wilson's going to be this year. And the coaching staff is the biggest question on this Broncos team. I would say the offensive and the defensive lines, not a shocker here, but the weakest part um, of this roster right now. And those are big questions. If you get yep. no's on those, your season can go up in smoke in a hurry. Yep. Um, you know, you're hoping to at least get maybes. Um, you've had some trouble at right tackle. And it hasn't gotten better. That's the yep. that's the the thing about it. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, Jeremy came in a few minutes ago. He says, uh, in part two on this is Baron Browning got two sacks yesterday. So that is something to watch. Um, that's again, that's either really good or really bad or somewhere in between. You're just not sure yet. Um, yeah. Again, uh, him at edge makes a lot of sense, especially in a, you know, there's, there's a lot of gnashing of the teeth of 
you know, why would you move him away from from linebacker? Because the linebacker position just is not a focus of this defense. Uh, you're you might be able to make more of an impact getting a third of the snaps at edge than half the snaps at linebacker. Yep, edge is just more valuable. It just it just is. If you can get a sack or pressure, that's way more important than dropping into a hook button zone, you know, kind of thing. So uh, Tabitha coming in here with uh, over on Facebook. Always like to say hello to our Broncos uh, country ladies. Good to see you. Um, EJ also for his birthday, celebrated my birthday with my wife. It had early breakfast, eggs, Benedict, chocolate chip pancakes with butter and whipped cream. So the food baby is happy. God bless you, EJ. That sounds great. When is my birthday? I'm hungry now. Uh, Michael coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos country. Let's ride. Dom also in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos country. Full pads today. That's awesome. Jake Gerard coming in. Morning, guys. I hear we are running some two running back plays at practice. Yeah, so I think they're trying to figure out the H-back usage which they has been a tight end but with andrew beck being i'll just say it such a marginal player um maybe you get more value uh using a running back there than beck but uh we'll definitely see and shane daniels with the five dollars over on youtube thank you so much shane every you know everything counts and these five dollar supers are a big support and obviously I mean, if you guys get those it. in yeah showing us you say this is green i would I'd maybe a little bit of a, like a seafoam <laughs> but uh coming in um <laughs> uh in a new house i'm learning about colors here but um Coming in, uh, Shane Daniels says, Morning. Seems like Patrick Sertan II is the new Von Miller. Just a one-man wrecking crew in practice in camp. And uh, definitely seems that way, but uh, I am old enough to be remembering, you know, very early internet days, searching Denver Post and reading about Broncos are having trouble running their offense because Champ Bailey's on one side of the field. And that's what it reminds me of here. Obviously, Von Miller, the one-man wrecking crew, you have to change things here. A little bit different because a cornerback doing everything perfectly um, and winning doesn't destroy the whole play like an edge rusher doing that because if the edge rusher gets home, everything's over. If the cornerback covers one guy for a play, you have three other options to go to. Um, but still, it does seem like Patrick Sertan is emerging as not only a great player, not only like an all-pro player, but I think, I mean, the hype right now, I want to see if it's real when we get more data. Mm-hmm. But the hype right now is unbelievable to the point where it's like Patrick Sertan emerging as an arguably the best cornerback in football over the next couple seasons. I mean, it really is crazy hype and it's coming from inside the building too well and it's nice to have that um again let's see how it goes let's let him progress the you know i don't want the i don't want the weight of the expectations but what i like about players like that who are really good he's been around it his whole life you know there's there's no moment that's too big for a kid that grew up in the game like he did so you know he's used to it it's it's expected uh which is interesting speaking of expected and thanks again shane uh, Dom comes in and he says, our, our five up front is killing us in offense. Um, I want to kind of get back to the how we were talking about hockey. You don't really know. And until the pads come on, the offensive linemen are at a huge disadvantage. The defensive players are better athletes, flat out. The, the guys on the defensive line are better athletes than the offensive line. I've, I've told this this kind of joke before when I used to go to high school camps and they'd break off guys. I, I, it's like, I swear they do offensive and defensive line like this big guys over here, big fat guys over here. Um, you, you put your better athletes on defense and when there's no way to, when there's, it's always going to be third and long. You're always rushing the passer. There's no, I'm going to come out and I'm going to get the first step. I know the snap count. I get the advantage. I get to go and I get to bury you in the run game. There's no threat of that right now. Once that comes, it evens out a little bit. So once the threat of the run game, 
comes along and I'm allowed to use my 330 pounds of mass against you. And if I get my hands on you, I can now drive you into the ground and drive you 10 yards backwards. That starts to even out a little bit. So don't be surprised when the defense is whipping the offense with no pads and the receivers are killing the defensive backs because, again, that's it's, it's just how it works. That's what makes a guy like Sertan so special. If yeah. you can get somebody that can cover in a no-pass rush, no-contact situation, usually it's one-on-ones with the field wide open, you got something special on your hands. Yeah, 100%. Um, we'll see. I, I know that there's been a lot of Deshaun Williams uh, talk here recently. I know that you're a big Deshaun Williams guy. To me, he seems like a really good depth player like we'd love him coming off the bench in like sub packages and i'm not saying that you think he should be a starter i'm not no, putting he's words an in underdog i love the yeah. underdog he's undersized yeah. scrappy and plays hard i root for those guys he's productive he's not i'm not saying hey he should be in there an automatic starter uh i just like i like his motor i like that he's a little bit undersized and plays with a, a chip on his shoulder and and is productive when he's out there i i root hard for those type of players mm-hmm. yep yeah absolutely that's uh that's my thought as well um We'll see, though. I'm always a skeptic, um, and maybe I put a little bit too much hype on the draft pedigree, um, but there is a little bit – there's some science to that. It's not exact, but there is some science to that. Um, Gary, I'll say the pad it there, up. There, there's, there's a lot of you know science to it. It's Again, it's probability, but short yeah. guys are discriminated against, you know, yeah. flat out. You know, the, the six-foot defensive lineman, there's, the NFL is chock full of them, just not in the first two or three rounds usually. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, they, they've got to do it, and, and frankly, that helps them a little bit. They have to work harder. They've been discriminated against their entire lives. So I don't want to. I don't yeah. want a lineman under six defensive line or six two. You know what happened to low man wins? You know that that's that's always a mantra you hear, but they say the coaches say that, but they don't actually believe it because they're all looking for six three plus defensive linemen but the on vines. the interior. Yep. So uh, yep. Gary coming in, uh, didn't doing a little research for us. Says the padded helmets are for the linemen only. Uh, I don't know if they'll be used in regular games. No, those won't be on regular games. Um, they're too aesthetically unpleasing to be used in regular games. People are like, those look terrible, you know? So um, I, those won't be used in regular games. And yeah, someone said absolutely. two weeks only, the first two weeks of camp only, which again, that takes us to preseason games. And it's a three week preseason instead of four now. So yep. we're that much closer. It's almost football time, Nick. It really is. I mean, it's it's been football time, but uh, real football. We're getting like all caps here pretty soon. Uh, Bama X coming in. Good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Bama X. Appreciate you. Brad D also. I want to say hi to all our people. You know, morning, Dale. Good to see you. Colin Wood. Maybe Sertan would, should be held out of practice so some receivers can catch some balls. There are other receivers um, that they can get the ball to, and uh, it's definitely a disadvantage if one of your reads is not there every time. But, you know, you hope iron sharpens iron, and you you want Sutton, you want Judy, you want Patrick, you want Hamler to be able to separate against anybody. Well, if they can't separate against Sertan, and he's not yet, you know, the the crown of the best cornerback in football. Maybe he'll get there, but I don't think he um, <laughs> you can't give it to him yet. Obviously, um, that um, you know, that's maybe we're maybe we're overrating the Broncos receivers the whole time. And Patrick Sertan can be great, but maybe you know these Broncos receivers. Oh, they just need a quarterback. They're good, but maybe there's nobody that is truly you know top ten, top five, great. So let's uh, let's use that Nick to get into at you know twenty six minutes the uh, the title of the show you yeah. you wanted to talk a little bit about Jerry Judy yeah and I'll grab this spam bot coming in here oh okay knocked right. out welcome in go away 
Um, yeah, we want to talk Jerry Judy today um, and the Broncos receivers in general. Uh, but yes, so it sounds like early on in camp, um, it has not been Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick, who a lot of people were predicting uh, to show out as potentially Russell Wilson's favorite target and the bona fide number one receiver, given historically how Russell Wilson has uh, utilized the field. But rather, Jerry Judy now. Jerry Judy, obviously 15th overall pick, entering year three. Uh, year one dealt with quarterback issues and just being a rookie, the drops and everything like that. Year two, the high ankle sprain week one. I mean, after that, with the style of play that Jerry Judy has, you know, he's playing at 80% after that for the rest of the season when he does come back. So not shocking again, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, not really giving him many tight window shots and Drew Locke, you know, struggling through progressions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but early on, it sounds like Jerry Judy is the guy. And, uh, there was a tweet recently from, uh, by now, you've probably seen ads about the water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere. People who got sick after drinking that toxic water are now able to seek repayment for their medical costs because of a new law, the PACT Act. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it's important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is a limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you, and they won't take no for an answer. Sign up at SickMarine.com. Oh gosh, let me pull up my bookmarks here real quick. Easier on my phone than on the computer. Uh, Michael Florio. I disagree with all of that. You disagree with all of it. People send me stuff to read like on my phone. I'm like, I, you, you want me to work on this? Then email it to me so I can use it on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the book bookmark on Twitter, just to, so I didn't lose the tweet, um, saying it's super early and maybe just missing stuff. Um, but most of the wide receiver chatter coming out of Denver the first week of camp is all about Jerry Judy and nothing on Cortland Sutton. So Judy, uh, the dude so far, and it does sound like, you know, he's had some negatives as well, you know, fumble, a couple of drop things here. But Judy's been making splash plays where it does seem like Sutton and Patrick specifically have been quiet and even Sutton to the point of maybe being slightly disappointing. Now, it's really, really early. It's not time to ring the alarm bells, but, you know, maybe time to just keep your eyes on it. Who needs the love more? Probably Judy. Probably Judy. Yep. Okay. So put on your, your skeptic filter with everything you hear and say, again, just like when you're watching practice, we need the offense to start clicking. We feel good about the defense. We're going to pull the offense, pull the, pull the defense back a little bit. Let's see. Um, you know, so who, who needs the, the confidence booster a little more? It could all be true. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, just the, the flip side of that is, um, we're not hearing much about Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's a season pro. I mean, he is yeah. a, a pro's pro. He doesn't need the the love in the in the media maybe as much right now at talking up and the confidence boost the way Jerry Judy does. Now, Nick, you know, uh, I'm having a a kid who turns well. He actually turns 13 on Saturday. Wow. Um, he could enter. He could enter high school as 13 years old. Um, so I'm I'm real. They started school here in Georgia, believe it or not. Yeah, in some places. So, um, I'm hyper aware of all the holdbacks and double holdbacks when our currency of value in ath athletics is academics is is athletic scholarships right now, and you're competing against guys that are older. So, Jerry Judy, here's a little factoid for you that that kind of blows my mind. Still, Jerry Judy will finish this season younger than Calvin Ridley was his rookie season with the Falcons. I mean. He's gonna That's finish good for he's, a wide receiver. He's, he's gonna finish. He's gonna finish at, at 23 years old. Calvin Ridley turned 24 in December of his rookie year. Yeah. So he's young. 
Um, he might, you know, there's, there might've been some talk about him being a little immature. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's a kid. Um, yeah, but just I know, enough. I know there's no excuses. He's a grown man. He's 23, you know, and then there, there's Patrick there Sertan who came in at I know, 20. And not all, a, not every, there's, there's, there's still, what I just saying is there's still plenty of time for him. This is a, a big season for him to write him off after his first two years as a 22 year old kid would be silly is all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I guess. For me, um, the bigger story here isn't Jerry Judy emerging as this potential wide receiver one, although I am intrigued as heck to see his usage. Maybe this is more of a Doug Baldwin-esque role uh, that obviously worked for Russell Wilson. Uh, but um, curious to see how it works. Good to see Jerry Judy. I mean, he should be entering his prime right now. You know, year three as a wide receiver, this should be the year where it's not, you know, if it's not happening now to the extent of you wanting to see it, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, to, to where we want him to get. He can still be a good player, but maybe a high-end two rather than a wide receiver one. Um, but the one right now that it's concerning to me and Gary coming in saying, don't write off Sutton. He is a gamer and balls out in the games. No I guess I'm... Don't write off Sutton. I, no I guess I'm writing a little off bit worried. Yeah, nobody's writing off Sutton. Mm-hmm. But I think we... I had hoped, you know, Sutton with a quarterback coming in here a year removed from the ACL, maybe emerging as a potential top 10, top 15 wide receiver. And maybe I'm having to reevaluate, you know, what he can be this year. Maybe he's closer to, you know, a low end one in the top 30 to 20 range rather than, you know, the push knocking on the door of the elites. I just think with all the targets, it's going to be hard for anybody to put up numbers that would equate to a top 10, 15 type of receiver. Um, You know, that that was what I'd have to look it up, but I feel like that's probably 13 or 1400 yards plus to crack the top 10 in receiving. And, you know, again, we talk about Jerry Judy, uh, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Okawebenam, uh, Saubert is the name that's been been, that's mm-hmm. been going around. A two-back set, throwing the ball to the backfield a lot. Mike Boone, Broncos country legend Mike Boone uh, out there is going to need some touches too. Uh, Dulcich, you know, I, I just feel like it's going to be hard to come out here and, and that's what makes it tough for a fantasy owner. It makes it great if you're uh, actually care about the Broncos because you do have so many weapons. And if Sutton gets shut down by one guy, okay, we'll go to Patrick, we'll go to Judy, go Mm -hmm. to Okawebenam, or we'll just run it right up the gut on you. Um, So there's so many different weapons out there that I I, I do think it's going to be tough for anybody to put up the numbers. It's going to equate to a top 10 or 15 receiver, but that doesn't mean they're not talented in that direction. You know, I, I just, you know, who would you, Drake London may have better numbers than than the number one receiver with the the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Drake London wouldn't crack the top three of the Denver Broncos. You know, it's just about opportunity. Yeah, I agree with you to an extent. I gotta say though, for me personally, um, the I am a big proponent against the uh, the volume stats. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at the efficiency, and you mm-hmm. even if there isn't enough targets to go around, you should be able to see. The efficiency wise, you know, right. air yards per target, uh, touchdown, like the target based ones, which are efficiency metrics, uh, should be um, better. You know, if you're, it's kind of like why tackles are not a great stat. You know, you can be making all the tackles in the world, but if you're making it, you know, three yards past of where another guy would. Plays? Yes. You're making it's, tackles, but are you making plays? And uh, welcome in, Ethan. I was a little worried. It's like, wait a minute. Ethan's not here. We're going to have to cancel the show. Where are you, Ethan? Yeah, SOS. How you doing? And I had we had a question here. I wanted to say hello to Peter because um, he had a few chats coming. And also, hello to uh, Tim Frisbee. Good to see you, Tim. But Peter coming in over on Facebook. If you guys are over <laughs> on Facebook like Peter, make sure you click the thumbs up or uh, whatever react here. We got a laugh react coming in from 
Chris Salazar, good to see you, Chris, um, saying, are we expecting the Broncos to be just as good as last year's defense or better? It seems better. Top three. I think on the whole, it would probably be safer. God, is it really lame to say hold serve uh, just to be about the same? Because I think you might lose a little bit as far as the Vic Fangio scheme stuff. I mean, historically, how many great, you know, young defensive coordinators have there been in the last few seasons that have just like rocketed to superstardom? The only one I can think of is Brandon Staley. Most of the good defensive coordinators have had their hat in the ring for a bit because they've seen a few things, different ways to attack uh, different types of players, coverages, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So top three, I'm not expecting that. The big thing, though, is that Broncos pass rush, kind of like the Falcons, it would be hard for them to be worse than they were last year. Uh, So that should help them a bit. But I think right now my expectation is for them to hold serve. My biggest concern is the depth on the defensive line. You defensive line, even the best in the world, only play like 60% of the snaps. And right now after the Joneses, I don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty concerned about the uh, defensive line up front. Well, and, and you mentioned just now, I feel the same way about the defense as you just mentioned about Cortland Sutton and the wide receivers. What I'm looking at the efficiency metrics. Now, yep. the Broncos finished as the third stingiest defense in the NFL as far as points given up. Did they feel like the third best defense in the NFL to you? Nope. Could they get the team off the field when they needed to? Could they force turnovers when they needed to? Could they do all of those things that you think of when you're talking about a defense that helps you win games? Or did they slow the game down enough that the points were at a premium on both sides of the ball? So, you know, they were uh, 23rd in points and third in points allowed. Well, those kind of went hand in hand because they slowed the game down so much that the amount of possessions were limited, but I never felt like this team could get a stop if it needed it. Um, I remember it doing it one time against uh, the commanders when they tried to give that ball, that game away towards the end. Uh, And it may have just been Washington football team at the time. I've already lost track. Uh, But the Washington, they hand the ball off to Javante Williams and he fumbles, but it was called back for like a procedure penalty or something. Then they give it to Melvin Gordon and he just hands it right back to him. I'm like, good Lord, they're trying to give this game away. Uh, the defense stepped up and made a play. But I saw a lot of third and twos and long, torturous drives. This did not feel like a top three. It didn't even feel like a top 10 defense to me. So will points against go up? Yes, I believe they will. Will turnovers and sacks go up? Yes, I believe they will. Can this defense help you win more games? Yes, I think they can. Yep. Hopefully, um, God, so much of it relies, obviously health, um, but you need somebody on the defensive line to step up. Uh, had been hoping a Uzurike, you know, that's un- unfair to him being, you know, a day three pick, but had hoped a Uzurike would be like, oh my gosh, this guy's popping, definitely a day one starter. Doesn't seem like that's happening. And again, that is really unfair expectations or hopes. That was more hopes than expectations, I'll say. Um, Deshaun Williams out there, you know, that's fine, but again, you're going to need depth and rotation on the defensive line up front. Even guys like, you know, Chris Jones, who's considered one of the top three defensive linemen in football only plays about 60% of the snaps. And that's one of your starters. So after the Jones, it gets scary up front. And I'm just worried about the Broncos being a team that other teams are able to punch them in the mouth uh, up front. Kind of like what we saw last year against the Ravens against the Eagles. DJ Jones should help that a bit. Um, but does DJ Jones offer that much as far as, Shelby Harris and more, you know, you need, you need bodies. And I just don't know if you have uh, the bodies right now. And we should 
start to get an idea with padded practice coming up here. But uh, Colby C. Collier coming in here over on Facebook uh, with the support. Thank you so much, CCC. Uh, we appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Yep. Thank you so much. And he, he, with a comment, he comes in, football, t- football team is a better name. <laughs> I, as a soccer guy, I kind of agree. You know, the, all the, the mascots and stuff, after you watch like 200 teams across the country and their clubs, actual individual clubs, the, uh, the mascots sound kind of weird. <laughs> um, but that's just, again, I, uh, I do. I liked watching the football team better than commanders. They could have done better than commanders. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah, they could have. Um, and apparently the Broncos just got a, a new person to the ownership group. Uh, Broncos releasing a statement um, from Rob Walton, Walton saying, uh, we're delighted to welcome seven-time Formula One world champion Sir Lewis Hamilton to our ownership group. He's a champion competitor who knows what it takes to lead a team and a fierce advocate for global equality, including in his own sport. With over 100 race wins, Lewis is considered the most successful F1 driver of all time. His resilient spirit and standard of excellence will be an asset to our ownership group and the Broncos organization. So uh, there you go. There you have it, guys. Heard it here first. And, and I don't again, know much comes of back opinion. to what we were talking about, Nick, as far as you know, being an owner and being part of the owner's group are two different things. Yep. You know, so you're not gonna a one percent stake in a team, and, and this team is worth forty five million dollars. So they're not just handing that stuff out. They're saying, you know, the, the ownership group is saying, I'm an owner. I need some help. You know, I want you to be part of my board of advisors, board of directors type of people coming in and work and we'll pay you X amount. So again, being part of the owner's group does not mean you are part owner. Yeah. And I'm no, more absolutely. convinced of that than ever. Yep. Um, do you have any, do you watch F1 racing formula? I One? don't, I know, um, you know, what, what I do remember thinking was, you know, we talk about, you know, our, we're so laser focused in the U S cause this country is so big. Um, you know, the, I, I kind of get a laugh at, you know, the, the world's most watched event, you know, the super bowl, you know, actually that's about half of what the average formula one race gets in, in total viewership, you know? So it's, I know how huge it is, but I'm not into, uh, I'm not into auto racing at all. Yeah. It doesn't really do it for me, but, um, the story of the first house I had, the grass goes dormant here in the South. You get Bermuda grass and it turns Brown. I bought my first house in April, starting to warm up, and I go outside, new homeowner, flip on the sprinklers, sun's out, warming up, and I'm like, huh, I really I really would rather watch uh, grass grow than NASCAR racing. So I, it hit me. I was 27 years old. I, I, I would rather watch grass grow. I proved it to myself. Well, hopefully we didn't alienate, alienate anyone in here, but yeah, it's not <laughs> no for me. Honestly, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, God, ever since starting here at Mile High Huddle, even I grew up, I mean, you could see I have many baseball hats behind me. I don't even have too much time for the baseball uh, these days. I like going to a Mariners game out here because the views are beautiful I'm outside on the, the beer patio. But uh, other than that, um, let's say hello to some more people come in here. Sowell, come in. Good morning, Scott and Nick. Uh, we will know the number one re- receiver when the offensive line collapses and pressure and gets in Russ's face. Well, this is a... There's a lot to unpackage in this very short comment. So offensive line, no no hope here. Russell Wilson having to escape. And then his, uh, I guess this isn't an inherent bias or uh, kind of the under the surface here. Okay. I'm not thinking anymore. Where do I go? Number one receiver. So uh, maybe, or maybe, you know, he has different guys for different situations, but uh, we'll we'll see. I I said, that's where I think Jerry Judy should shine is, uh, is on scramble plays when those, when those break down, because he should be in the slot towards the middle of the field. 
Um, you know, where the other guys could be deeper or farther out on the hashes. But my my number one receiver is it's third and eight. Who's my first thought? Where, where's my first option? That's my number one guy. You're yeah. my number one guy. So that's, that, that's, that, that's how I picture um, number one receiver is, hey, I, I need a first down. Who Who's number one in my mind at that point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Crimson Wolf coming in saying, morning Broncos country. So stoked for football to start counting it out of the days until the first preseason game. Well, I think we don't have very long uh, to wait here. So uh, excited for that and uh, really excited to see the Broncos in there. How many how many series do we get from the starters, Scott? Um, in pads? Where, yeah, or, like in the know, preseason. In the, the first preseason game? I, yeah. I, I don't think you'll go the whole preseason game without seeing any of them. Uh, okay. I think with a new coach um, and a new quarterback, they'll be itching to get at least at least a series in that, you know, who knows? Because mm-hmm. this, team, this team has visions of competing for, you know, a, a championship. Yeah. You know, it's not like, okay, let's just see if we can survive the year and not get anybody hurt and we'll work on a draft pick next year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got a, a first quarter out of them, uh, out of some guys, at least on offense. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, I also wouldn't be completely surprised if they didn't play at all. Yeah. I mean, did Matt Stafford play a single snap in preseason last year? Probably not. That's kind of what they they do. We don't know Brand. what Nathaniel yeah. Hackett's mindset is. I think he's more. He's he's just he's such a giddy kid out there. He wants to play with his new toys. Yeah. You know, yeah. is he going to be able to wait till Christmas Day to unwrap all of them? I don't know. And you know, yeah. and, and we know what kind of competitor Russell Wilson is, and he's been through the ringer. He he knows how to protect yeah. himself a little bit. So, so we'll see. We'll yeah, see. We'll but see. I, I I would bet now they at least get a quarter. Yep. Hope so. Uh, Andy coming in here saying, I wouldn't be surprised if Judy makes a push to the second spot and Tim is pushed to that more safety net position. And uh, Scott, you kind of have me thinking now, maybe this is, you know, trust no one uh, situation, but uh, Jerry Judy, he, I'm sure he is doing well in practice. Um, but if there is anybody on this team, especially after, you know, struggling the first two years, the Alabama pressure, you know, is he a bust, the trade talk in the off season, if there's any one of these Broncos and also not coming off a big contract signing, uh, if there's any of these players that need to be, feeling value uh, right now, it's probably Jerry Judy. So I'm curious to see what it works like. Also, if this offense is going to be great, you probably need Judy to emerge and feel confident in that. So maybe there is something to that, especially when, you know, stuff you're hearing from is the calls coming from inside the house, you know, kind of situation. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, You know, when you start, when you, that's why it's kind of nice having, we call it, you know, third party validation, which is kind of what I do here is take a look from the outside and, 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 and talk about what I see. Um, you know, I saw with Josie Jewell last year. I'm like, I think you guys are underselling this guy a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, the quarterback situation, uh, you know, someone coming in with a fresh pair of eyes. When the national media guys start making the rounds, they'll start putting out notes like, oh, it was a Broncos practice today. Oh, my God, Jerry Judy's in for a breakout season. You know, that that feels pretty good. You know, they're talking highly about him here. Eh, maybe not so much. What do you see? I want to know what you see, not what you hear. They hear what they they tell you what they want you to tell what what you want you to say. So um, again, it doesn't it doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just of all the receivers out there, who needs the biggest push that you can depend on as far as availability? Hamler would be in that in that group too. But are we counting on Hamler the way we're counting on Jerry Judy this season? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, speaking of Hamler, though, um, Hamler had a press conference yesterday and uh, 
sounds like, you know, obviously he dealt with these pretty catastrophic knee injury last year, just came off of pup uh, here in the last 36, 48 hours and uh, should be good to go. Obviously going to work back slowly has had injuries, you know, dating back to his red was a red shirt sophomore year at Penn state before coming out. Didn't run the 40 because of that uh, injured his rookie season and injured last season. His rookie season dealing with the hamstring still last year, the knee injury, but he's back now. It also sounds like he was in a pretty dark place there um, for a little bit. Obviously, he lost his uh, grandmother, who he has said is a pretty, I mean, his, his he called her, quote, the love of my life uh, in his grandma, which, you know, devastating to him. And he was in a pretty dark place there for a bit. And I think uh, Scott has a, a video clip of uh, KJ Hamler's uh, interview here. So let's, uh, yeah, let's take a, a, a heartfelt yeah. admission from KJ Hamler. Yeah. Let's listen up real quick. It goes about a minute. You know, um, you know, I was just it was just so much stuff I was dealing with being piled up you know, on top of each other, on top of each other, you know, at one point, um, you know, just dealing with the ACL um, and, and a little bit of more things, you know, family situations, you know, my, you know, my first, my, my love of my life passed, you know, my grandmother. So that was the toughest thing. And, you know, the devil was on my back for a while. And, um, you know, I wish I would have never did it by myself. You know, I wish I would have asked for help because, you know, at some point it was at one point in my life and I'm just be honest with y'all because I'm more vulnerable and, you know, more confident in myself about saying it. But, um, at one point, I didn't want to be here. Like, I didn't want to be in this world. You know, I, it was one point I just didn't want to be on earth no more, you know, because I lost my, my granny and that really hurt me. Um, so just, just you know, God gave me the strength just to get out that hole. And, you know, he knew I was strong enough to get through. I didn't feel like I was at the time. And, you know, just getting out that hole was just it's very hard and very tough. You know what I'm saying? Just having all these things going on and, you know, piling on top of each other, it was a hard process. but. You know, just to see where I'm at from where I started and where I'm at now, you know, a big change. And I'm proud of myself, and I know my grandmother proud. Powerful. Um, you know, when he's talking about didn't want to be in this world anymore, you, you hear his voice crack. Um, you know, we we take – we take uh, – hold on. I'm going to take care of a, a uh, someone coming in here from the Raiders that – it's not the time to talk trash, dude. Um not that it ever is, but we, we take athletes for granted. You know, I mean, to a certain extent, they get the star athletes and all the way through middle school on up, they're, they're treated differently. There's a lot of envy that goes around. I saw as much envy from the national media as I've ever seen during the pandemic. It's like, do you guys even like the athletes you cover at all? And you forget that it doesn't matter how much money you've made or are making or the lifestyle you have. If what you feel defines you as the person you are is taken away. It's, it's hurtful. You know, who, who am I now? What am I even doing here? And then to lose somebody that is your support system to have all that happen all at one time. If there's one thing that he said in there that everybody should listen to and take away from is like, I wish I hadn't tried to do it by myself. I wish I hadn't tried to do it by myself. Reach out, ask for help. It's okay. Yep. Hundred percent, and uh, really big uh, reach out there. I also saw that uh, KJ Hamler and Sierra have kind of uh, formed somewhat of a relationship, and they've been talking a lot. And she's uh, been there for him, you know, recently. And he, they've kind of uh, created a pretty strong bond here, friendship, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, the, one of those going on, and they talk a good bit, and that's uh, good to see as well. I mean, the Russell Wilson impact going beyond just Russell Wilson. You know, it's a, a power couple for a reason, and they're definitely you know getting. Uh, their roots established in Denver beyond, you know, just the city itself in the, in the locker room. You know, it's a, hopefully a more family atmosphere here going forward. So 
awesome to see uh, Andrew Lamp becoming insane morning men. Um, morning, yeah. Andrew, welcome. Glad you could, glad you could make it in. Sorry. We were a little somber uh, yeah. now, but that was, you know, as, as Jeremy says, it's, it's a message that, you know, it can't be said enough. Um, yeah. And as KJ, he says, I guarantee KJ Hamler helped others yesterday without a doubt yep. with, without, without a doubt. Um, he helped others for sure. So thank you, KJ Hamler. And, uh, as Zach said, um, I, I think it was yesterday on the show. Is there a, a human being on earth that you want to root for more than KJ Hamler after yesterday? Probably not. Not many. Probably not. Not many. And, uh, yeah, just talking about being more comfortable to be vulnerable. You know, you're not alone. Um, so as this guy, I always say, you know, reach out. You're going to say, Hey, kind of down right now. You know, I can do my best to distract you. If you just want to talk, you know, that's, <laughs> that's fine. Um, always here uh so we appreciate kj hamler saying that and uh really pulling for him this year um it's gonna be a big year for him we need to start wrapping up uh got a message from the boss man you know be pushing him for 45 minutes more but uh kj hamler um been injured so far this season but uh, coming off the pup list now should be back in practice uh any expectations this early on or is it more you know just getting his feet under him going through the drills and just continuing uh to stay healthy well from from all the reports so far it's it's that he's ahead of schedule you know, yeah. that he looks, he's looked great and to take him off the pup list. And now we'll, you know, as soon as he's cleared for full contact, he'll probably be out there in a quarterback's Jersey, you know, in a red, no contact Jersey when he goes out there. And speaking of red, um, Ethan comes in here with, with the, the, the symbolic, uh, red super chat with all ones for KJ says KJ support to you, brother. Good message. Never do it alone. That's hard. I mean, that's that's a, that that can't be said enough from people who are someone that we might look up to. You know, he's twenty something years younger than me, and I, I still look up to him for what he's able to do. And to hear him say that, it, it touches me. You know, don't don't do it alone. You know, we're old, stubborn, and try and do some of these things on our own. Reach out to somebody. So thank you, uh, thank you, Ethan, and uh, again, thank you, KJ KJ Hamler. Yep. Appreciate you, Ethan. We appreciate you, uh, KJ, for doing that. And uh, appreciate everyone joining us today. Uh, we It's uh, Tuesday, you know, back on the grind here. We'll be back again tomorrow morning for Scott's on Forging the Falcons. And I'll be back uh, tonight with Carl on Building the Broncos. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, seeing a lot of Scott and I. So uh, hanging out here, having fun. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at BFB underscore pods. That way, if you miss the show um, at all, you know, early, whatever, you have something going on, an appointment, uh, got to get a kids to a practice or something, uh, you can find us after the fact as well. Um, obviously, it's more fun if you join us for the live stream and interact with us in the chat. But as, uh, oh gosh, who was it earlier? Um, was it uh, Jay Roper saying that he hadn't been able to catch us live for a bit, had been listening after the fact? Multiple ways to hang out with us. So that's still great. Um, also, make sure you're following us at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook communities, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And of course, as always, uh, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube if you haven't done so yet. Uh, like, heart, react, laugh, react, whatever, um, before you get out here on Facebook. And uh, click the bell notification on YouTube so that way you know when we go live. Uh, Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? Um, got to, got to get some work done. And again, just before we get out of here, you know, support the, the people who help support the show at you as always. Yeah. Um, but this episode in particular was supported by pristine auction, get $10 off your first item. One use code huddle. When you sign up 
at pristineauction.com slash redshirt, plus be entered to win a signed Javante Williams full-size helmet. You don't even have to buy anything. You just have to register. So I, I don't think we even said that part. You don't have to bid on an auction. You don't have to do any of that thing. Just register, join their mailing list. So, and you are, you're, in, you're entered in to win the helmet. I'm going to drop the link into the chat again. And it's also part of the description on YouTube. So, you know, it's a, it's a new sponsor. Let's show them what we can do. Bronco country. That's right. Let's ride. Right now. So thank you guys so much. You have a great rest of your Tuesday. Um, we're here for you and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Uh, make sure you're choosing kindness and choosing compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the internet. The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. By now, you've probably seen ads about the water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere. People who got sick after drinking that toxic water are now able to seek repayment for their medical costs because of a new law, the PACT Act. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it's important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is a limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you, and they won't take no for an answer. Sign up at SickMarine.com dot com.